0: You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtonomedia.com.
1: All right, so you're wondering, how do I listen to you guys live? How do I check it out? Well, good news—we stream every Wednesday, 9 p.m. over on Twitch. NerdDux N E R D D U X, or Nerd to Know Media on YouTube or Twitch. That's how you're going to go to catch us. Hope to see you in the live chat. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center. This is Phoenix FM.
2: The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to pitch bad movies and share pornography.
1: According to the Nerd Index, you should
0: be upside down in a junior high toilet around the clock.
2: I just in. you goes you Never you do in do
1: you is out
3: Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Nerd2Know Basis Show hosted by Nerd2Know Media on Phoenix 92.5 FM. Uh, my name is Kieran Calicorn and with us are two wonderful guests from far-flung parts of Ireland. Uh, Kev, introduce yourself first. It sounds like you introduced me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm good. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm thrilled to be here as always. And from the far flung and mystic valleys of Carlingford, we have...
2: <laughs> Hi, it's Mannequin Blue back again.
3: <laughs> now, Mannequin Blue... Krusty Show recording over. from a remote location. <laughs> yes. Yeah. She has been kind enough to phone in from her vacation, which is very much appreciated. Without <laughs> going into too
2: much postcodes and things, how is it going? It's going. It's like last week, we got here last week. Yes, not, not the weekend, just gone, the one before that. And I took the first week off. So like I literally brought half of my studio with me so I can work while I'm here. And we took the first week off and now I'm getting back into somewhat of a routine, which is nice.
3: Oh, my goodness. Well, that's an accomplishment, especially on holiday. How about
2: you, Kev? (laughs) Yep.
3: How about you, Kev? Before we hop into the news, anything mad to report before we get to the news? I (laughs)
0: mean, the most mad thing to happen to me probably is the news. (laughs) In terms, in terms of
3: relevant content, guys. Yeah, we're going to start with relevant content this week, and then see if we can segue into madness. Usually, we do it the other way round. But yeah, but we're hitting week. the
0: SEO right on the freeway right now. We are getting.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so, well, that's because... as good a segue as ever. Kev, would you like to tell us what your relevant content is?
1: <laughs> 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 Can
3: we my... just do a new segment oh.
2: called Relevant Content where Kean just does that? Oh, I no, plan okay. to. This
3: is my new bit. This is my new on no, It's thing. okay. We, do, we just repeat this show, except we ADR in everything
0: else. <laughs> My relevant content <laughs> uh, is I so I watched uh, on Netflix the new Bo Burnham special and uh, it is like it's already probably like I think it's number one on Netflix so like I, I presuming most people except for obviously you two have watched <laughs> it uh, but it is truly a trip uh, the entire like the whole premise of it, it's a very off kilter comedy special because obviously it, it was quarantined, it's not of a live audience. The entire thing is recorded in his one room apartment over the course of the like the quarantine for the space of the year, and like the extent of it is you just watch this man with, with truly terrible mental illness just unravel across oh. this thing. Like, but it's still very funny. And that's kind of the strangest part. Like, it is It is very much like, he, it is acknowledging the fact that he is not doing okay, but still making jokes about it. <laughs> like, I,
3: I'm getting some strong I, Rod Gilbert vibes off this already. It's so, like, I, it's, it, it's hard to explain it
0: it's very like it's very strange, uh, and like all the while it just it kind of cribs on like a lot of the jokes kind of like there's like a lot of the jokes are kind of about you know the destruction of the planet and late stage capitalism, uh, but also jo- but also like it kind of deconstructs the artistic process. It's so strange, but I can't help but feel like it is the most precious piece of art.
3: Well, then uh, to come can out I- recently. Sorry to interrupt your flow, but can I ask Hmm. for, say, hypothetically, if you were talking to two people who hadn't seen it, and indeed at least one person who hasn't seen anything Bo Burnham related, is this a good starting point? I'd say it's a good standalone in a way. Okay. Uh,
0: Correct me
2: if I'm wrong. Is this the guy that got famous through Vine?
0: I don't think it was. I don't know if he
3: could could have been through Vine. It was definitely YouTube. Uh,
2: okay. like i know like bro
3: burnham's he, written films by now
0: yeah so actually yeah. so then there's a, there's a little bit of backstory on this as well which he mentions actually in the special is that he is so he's like an old old school youtuber like more than 10 years ago when he was like when he was like 17 or something like he uploading like kind of comedy songs that were all right they're a little bit dodgy nowadays with modern sensibilities but like eh, funny um And so like, you know, that kind of propelled him, and he got very, very famous and, you know, kind of got famous enough to do like tours and that. But five years ago, I think it was, he actually had to stop doing live comedy altogether because he was just having full on anxiety and panic attacks on stage. Mm. Like he just did, like his mental health was just not in it. He just had to stop. Uh, And I think, yeah, so I think across that five year break, he did a lot of writing. And I think he did, uh, as far as I remember, I think his movie was eighth grade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, so he mentions that in the special that, you know, after a couple of years he, he worked on himself, he really improved himself, he he, he, thinks he he thinks he's back in a place to start doing live comedy again. And then the thing happened. The event. <laughs> the event.
3: Please so... do not discuss the event. <laughs> Remain, Remain indoors. indoors.
0: <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, so he does this thing. And again, like it's, because he records it over the, like the course of a year, he starts off being like, yeah, you know, I'm going to do this all in, you know, I'm gonna, it's going to take as long as it takes. And uh, I'm just going to do this, this indoors uh, special. And, you know, we'll, we'll just kind of figure it out as he goes along. And it just, it, it, it really just hits the exact emotions I think everybody has felt over the past year. That's why I'm kind of saying I think it's probably the most like prescient piece of art to come out of this mm. because it is wild, unravelled, and all of us can kind of understand where he's coming from. Oh my! Uh, like as I said, I I I'd recommend it, but it's it it's I'd recommend it because it is genuinely hilarious at points, but it is also grim, uh, and definitely wouldn't be recommended for people suffering through uh mental illness at the moment Like one of the things is it like it ends with the phone with the phone number for the US suicide hotline at the end because he so just what, gets into it.
2: What you're saying then is have a stack of your favorite cartoons to play after.
0: Mm, definitely. And definitely. And
2: yeah, take uh, cartoon breaks throughout. What,
0: what I will say is Everyone should go and listen to though. Uh, he, he's already uploaded onto YouTube. And actually, I think tomorrow when we're recording this, so when the show goes up, the entire, because it's a musical special as well, uh, like it's, it's pretty much all songs because it's a musician. Um, all of these, all the songs in the special, I think are going up on an album on Spotify now as well. So you can kind of pick out some songs if you need, if you like as well. But well, there's one called Welcome to the Internet that is incredibly catchy and just is a pure dilution of just the internet as a concept i like he just repeating the line can i interest you in anything all of the time just (laughs) uh definitely not safe for work but Truly hilarious. So you're not gonna say <laughs> it
3: for us now, no?
0: No, no, God, no.
2: Uh, on, and, five, on five. We're on at five. We're on,
0: aside, yes, we're on at five, and also I think I'm hitting the point where I can't describe this anymore without literally breaking down jokes and you know, just the poison of all comedy. You just have to watch it. You kind of just have to watch it. And the thing, well, like I, I, I did
3: disclaimer above us.
0: Oh, absolutely. Um but And I remember, like, because I'd heard about it because everyone was talking about it. And at at the time when I first heard about it, I knew it was something very, very dark and very cerebral. And I remember not being super into it. Listening to Welcome to the Internet was like, no, I'm going to watch this. This seems (laughs) fantastic.
3: (laughs) Well, actually, you brought up an interesting point because how much content, because we've had a year now of, well, more than a year, really, of this new world we're living in. And, like, there hasn't been a huge amount of content about... Lockdown. Like, Staged is the other big one that comes to mind. Have you guys watched that yet?
0: I watched the first season. I really, really liked it. Yeah. It's...
3: Yeah. I mean, we've probably talked about it on the show before, but for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's on Netflix, the first series is, and it's about David Tennant and Michael Sheen and their unfortunate families playing themselves as they try and rehearse a play so that it'll be ready when the lockdown ends. And they basically... Have a, a scripted granted, but a sort of progressive mental and friendship breakdown as it goes on. And in the second series, they're trying to make this TV show of the first series, and their agent doesn't think they're popular enough and is trying to recast them with more famous people than themselves to play themselves. Mm. And when, once, if you can get through the weirdness of the premise, it's a really really good indication of like what living through lockdown is like because it's all filmed asterisks on zoom like it's all done just through people having conversations with laptops they don't really cheat it at all uh so i'd recommend that especially if you're like kind of just comedy fans in general but especially because like you know the celebrities that always kind of punches things up a bit but can you guys think of any other lockdown themed things that have come out in the past year that has really grabbed you, or even at all.
0: The only other thing I can think of, and I actually didn't watch it, uh, but Dara absolutely raved about it, was that uh, Zoom horror movie that came out, I think, at the start of quarantine. Uh, I cannot remember the name of it off the top of my head.
2: Oh, yeah. I remember he was talking about that. It was all Uh, done entirely through Zoom.
0: mm. But otherwise, I really can't think... See, I think it's... You know, you, have, you, you can have things like staged and, and, and inside. I don't think a lot of people are going to try. Like, I think, because I know a lot of people I follow doing shows are just continuing to make their shows in the limited capacity they can, but just, you know, trying to not make it about the lockdown and the quarantine because they want that escapism. I'd say yeah. we we'll probably only see a lot of stuff about it when we're past it.
2: Yeah, like being in lockdown, you don't really want to be watching lockdown. You want to get away from it.
3: Well, that's a fair point. Like, I mean, um, as Kev knows, I'm a ghoul that haunts the Eastern Stockroom listening to audio things. And I accidentally stumbled into a recording of War of the Worlds. I was going, ah, they're all hiding from things. That's kind of oddly reminiscent. Um, But uh, yeah, it's, I, as you say, we could have a dearth of like content themed around lockdown in about five years time when it becomes kind of nostalgic and meaty and that kind of stuff. But um, you've kind of answered my question already, Katie, but do you think that there is currently an appetite for stories that kind of relate to this stuff? Cause I know there was a huge reaction off that with stage or do people just want to avoid it and pretend it's not happening in their, in their media and get away from it as much as possible
2: yeah well, I mean, I don't know about pretending it's not happening. I don't think it's necessarily the people are trying to pretend it's not happening. It's kind of more just it's the reality and it's because of the nature of what it is you know where you have to stay inside and look at the same four walls and you know if you live with other people, you're talking to the same people all the time. It's kind of more you just don't want to be surrounded by more of that you you just want like. A break something a little different you know maybe you want to go to carlingford for a month <laughs>
3: <laughs> just to pick a random example
2: yeah off just, the top to, of your just head. to pull an example out of the air maybe you know? maybe you just want to chat not, some not
0: that you would know <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah no like speaking from my own experiences i i mentioned this on uh the episode of the game corner i was on way back at the start of this whole thing uh that when everything kicked off, we all, like, everywhere was closed. Nobody was working the entire time. And, like, this was, like, the 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 initial... We don't know what's going on. Everybody stay indoors. Uh, I spent the better part of a month every day playing uh, Persil and loving it because it gave me a steady... um, A steady routine? routine (laughs) Yeah. Of because of the day-to-day nature and cycle of that game was like, I, I got to simulate getting up, going out, seeing people, building relationships. I can't, like, I can't emphasize just how much I think that made me, that helped me cope.
2: I did it with Animal Crossing. <laughs> Every day, watering the plants, talking to the neighbors, <laughs> exploring an island because you can go outside.
3: So, yeah, I think- like, I, I um, did it with an infant- uh, every day ah. they wake up they say Dada feed me and I'm like what again uh, the most immersive game you just child.
2: yesterday
3: <laughs> oh I told not to go too far in the personal stuff, but I told Kev this the other day in work the most chilling four words you can hear a quarter to one in the morning when you think you're asleep is Dada I awake now oh. <laughs> not even crying not just like, not just oh, 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 great to see you. Just, yeah, I'm up. Am,
2: I'm awake Dance. now. If it makes you feel any better, not that I'm comparing, you know, not that I'm going to compare your child to a cat, but <laughs> there is a cat here that likes to go up and down the hall just screaming. Like, just oh, she, is going to, just but screaming. she is going to
3: compare your child to a cat. <laughs> oh no, Prim has discovered trains. She, at any time, day or night, she'll run up and down our surprisingly effective acoustic hallway going (laughs) she's going to do it now that i've done it i guarantee it Mm -hmm. but okay so not to kind of dwell on the lockdown too much but i think we're now reaching a stage where we kind of obviously we've talked about media in general but like i think we're going to have to start kind of putting this in a context and like because we're hopefully coming out the other side of it. And do you think there's gonna be a lot of TV shows and things about that to come, or is it just still kind of too soon yet?
0: I suspect so. I, I, I think yeah. I think there is always people out there that are looking for the cash in. I think there's there's some big wigs that are like, Yeah, the people the people want their pandemic stories. They want I their mean, zooms. I, I mean, I can't tell you how many copies of bleeding Albert Camus Plague I sold. So like, people want it and people are willing and people want to get money from it. So there will be. It's more a matter of quality.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we get some more kind of zombie movies or something to that extent. But in terms of general media, I'd say they'll just kind of go back to the way things were. They'll be like, life's normal again. Let's do things about. Let's do shows about normal things. Let's do sitcoms and all that kind of stuff. But I'd say we will probably get some some new zombie franchises or something.
3: Yeah, you probably like. I mean, I know there's been because we kind of talked about this before we started recording, an explosion of like wholesome reality TV. And I'm I'm tipping my hat towards you, mannequin blue. Uh was there a wholesome game show reality thing that you watched? <sighs> Recently, that I was very popular in my house. So. Oh,
2: you are teeing me up right now.
3: Yes, you, you are wink, wink, like, subtlety. Yeah,
2: you are in setting wink, me up nudge, to reveal nudge. this this guilt guilty pleasure of mine. <laughs> 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 because I don't generally watch these kind of shows, but it was just it was one of those things that when we got here, they were watching it. And I got really, really into it and I'm not even sorry, but yeah, I just really, it was just, you know, it was super wholesome. It was nice. Um, yeah, for anyone who doesn't know what I'm talking about, we're talking about the mask Dancer. Yeah. (laughs) Which is to explain it to you as if you're five and you don't know what it is. If you wouldn't
3: mind. (laughs) Yeah.
2: So it was basically a bunch of celebrities of different levels of fame, I guess, because don't forget, this is a UK show and we're still kind of coming out of lockdown. So they're not going to have like big name American people or anything, but it was basically celebrities in mascot costumes doing dance routines, like full mascot costumes, doing dance routines for a panel of judges who then had to figure out who they were.
3: Okay, because this is the ultimate I wander through the room, see a giant sheep dancing on a stage with Jonathan Ross looking on impressed and going, huh. Yeah, who is it? Who could it be? Explain to me both. I mean, you've kind of touched on it. So how does it work? Is it? the best dancer wins or do the judges win by figuring out who they are like yeah there's so, so many like i asked mom to explain it to me and i just it just my head started rolling well, whoever wins here. we
2: lose It's kind, it kind of <laughs> defies explanation because like yeah the judges have to guess who's obviously who's under the mask but even if they get it right the person who is in the costume doesn't reveal who they are until they get eliminated from the competition. So basically, it's it's based on who, not necessarily who's the best dancer, but like, so there's an audience vote part where they had like a Zoom audience. So they would vote for who they wanted to send home. And then, you know, they might have to do a dance off between them. And then the one who the judges vote gets to stay, gets to stay. So it's kind of like, it's a double-edged sword as well, because even though that person is going home, you find out who they are. Whereas the other person, you know, they might get through to the next stage of the competition, but then you don't know who they are, so you still have to wait and see.
3: Oh, I see. So you might want, so could someone get voted out because people want to find out who they are rather than their merits as a dancer is that it sure well they
2: could but i think that would be a waste because like there was so there was one character which was rubber chicken <laughs> and it was basically it was a guy in a rubber chicken costume right but he was so in character like the whole time he was like pecking around and flapping his arms like he was brilliant and he wasn't the strongest dancer, but I genuinely didn't want him to go home because I just wanted to keep watching him because he was just so entertaining. And then, you know, he went home fairly early um, and it turned out that it was Eddie the Eagle of all people. It was like, cause I thought everyone was guessing Bill Bailey and I thought it could be Bill Bailey because this seems like a show he would do and get really into. And then, you know, the mask came off and it was like, hi, I'm an Olympic skier. <laughs>
3: okay so like if I'm if I'm understanding this correctly you kind of invest in the character yeah and then I suppose it's bittersweet because you find out who they are once they go yeah
2: and then you don't see them anymore
3: has there ever been a case now obviously I'm talking broadly but like has there ever been a case where you were disappointed that your star chicken was a celebrity you didn't like or even vice versa? Like, or
2: Yeah, I wouldn't say that it was a celebrity that I didn't like. It was more a case of when the celebrities were revealed, most of them I had no idea who they were.
3: Well, that was what I was going to touch on. Like, you know, it's um, are these people we would know because when something's called celebrity you know yeah it was asterisks. i think it was
2: it was a very loose stretch of the the term okay um now a lot of the people would have been kind of there was a few that would have been like judges on other shows so they had like one of the judges of dancing with the stars or something was one of the mascots and then other people were like kind of uh olympic athletes and there was one or two actors you know that kind of thing but I think out of everyone that I saw, there was only one person that I actually recognized. And even then, she was kind of more of a B-list movie star. Okay. Um, whereas everyone else was kind of like soap opera stars or Olympic athletes or whatever it was. So, And not that they weren't good. They just I had no idea who they were. So well, when it was I... revealed, it was like, eh, OK.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, that's kind of the catch, isn't it? Because I mean... Obviously not every celebrity is going to want to do a celebrity show but mm. add into that you have to have celebrities who are good-natured enough to not have their face shown and be a dancing chicken.
2: Yeah, it's, well there's
3: a lot of hurdles.
2: I think to- it came at the it came at the right time as well because it's it's based on another show of the same vein called The Masked Singer that they did in America and they had like a lot of, you've seen that one, yeah. So, you know, they had a lot of really big name people coming in and singing in costumes, but the one that they did in the UK, it came at the right time, I think, because when they asked the celebrities, what made you want to do the show? Most of them said, oh, I was just bored in lockdown and I wanted to get out of the house. (laughs) So (laughs) it kind of came at the right time. Do you know what I mean? If we hadn't been in a pandemic and a lockdown, The show might not have happened. That's it.
3: Because like I compare it to the singing one, because if you hear someone singing, you're hearing their voice Mm. and you can make a brave stab at who they are, even if they're dressed as a goose or something. (laughs) But dancing, that's a, that's a wee bit more abstract unless you're incredibly familiar with the way they walk or something like that, you know? Yeah.
2: And a lot of it was that I think it was, divina or somebody said it at one point there was so i can't remember his name but he was i think he's a judge on dancing with the stars but he was dressed as a knickerbocker glory and like dancing in high heels as well which is very impressive but she was watching him and it was only i think towards the end when he walked off stage that she went i know that walk You know what I mean? So, and it was so funny because the way they would do it was like before the character would come out, they'd do a little video that had like clues in it and stuff. And it was all very obscure. Like if you didn't know these people, you wouldn't know what the clues even were because they were really well hidden and so it's funny that they had that whole thing of you know the clue packages and and even in the dance routines there would be maybe a sign on the background or something that was another clue and it was only when he walked off stage that she went i know that walk i know who you are
3: (laughs) okay well that's quite a ring endorsement kev you've had a bemused look on your face silently for the past 10 minutes
0: okay I, I, I mentioned at the start of the show that I have literally no experience with this. That is slightly false because this entire time I just remembered a clip from what I'm assuming was probably The Masked Singer because I think it was the US version that rocked around Twitter for a while. And it was the reveal of one of them where they pulled the mask off and there was nothing and every, like, it's the most anticipated thing. And then from out of the mask comes Kermit the Frog and everyone loses their goddamn minds. <laughs> And it's just, I, I think Ken Jong was one of the judges. That's why I when it was the American one. But it's just, it was just a clip that has circulated
3: for ages. It's just, Ken, it was just kind of How does the... that? What the size of the dancer? No, no, it, it was. A, it is a
2: gimmick. There's no way Love he it. would be actually in I, there as a again, puppet within a mask. As I said,
3: I only saw the reveal.
0: Context is lost on me this is literally my only experience, my only experience in this show
3: <laughs> I mean there is kind of a lockdown connection because I mean there has been, there have been friends I've made over the course of the last year for whom I don't recognise them when they take off their half masks because <laughs> my image of the bottom of their face is completely different to what I assumed it would be
2: <laughs> who are you under the mask? <laughs>
3: That's just oh God, it. Don't, have to... don't
0: have a beard. I'm, I'm not going to be able to do with this if you, if you have a beard
3: <laughs> or like a really unfortunate tattoo or something. Oh no. <laughs> well, I've invested nine months in this. <laughs> oh God. Yes. I don't
2: want to be your friend anymore. I've seen your face and it's not what I expected. <laughs> All oh, lockdowns <laughs>
3: over. Would would you mind just actually Jeez, just keeping please. it on?
2: Is this what internet pen pals feel like? You know, when they meet in person.
3: <laughs> oh, that's some retro type internet pen pals on MSN boards.
2: Yeah, well, yeah. I was trying to be wholesome about it. You know, I didn't want to go down a catfish route.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Uh, well, speaking of we things that have become weirdly successful. Over the lockdown, that also happened to be somewhat reality shows. Have you guys watched Taskmaster yet?
2: Yes.
0: No. Oh, yeah.
3: <laughs> oh. I, I no. think.
0: I think. In terms of anything reality show, I need to clarify that I do not have like a public TV connection. Oh no! I'm, you I, can.
2: You can I watch this at, online.
3: I and then and I still will not. <laughs> but Kev. But so
0: Greg yeah, Davies,
2: so like,
3: who hosts it, has the most Kev energy. Should we I've explain ever it seen to a person like
2: that wasn't five? you
3: please explain it to me. Like I'm fine.
2: Okay. So Taskmaster is basically in a nutshell, you get a bunch of comedians, you know, what is it like five or six comedians, five. something like that. Five comedians. They, they get together, they stay in a house for, you know, an, an amount of time. Not and in like a
3: big brother way,
2: not in a like big that. brother way. No, they just, there is a Taskmaster house. And they basically get given really ridiculous menial tasks to do. And, you know, it might be you have to do it in a certain amount of time or in a certain way or what like ridiculous tasks that you would never even think of. So, you know, for example, they might go into a room and there's a watermelon on the table and they're told, okay, you have to you know, eat as much watermelon as possible without using your hands or something like that. Like, it's totally ridiculous. And then at the end, the winner wins the stupidest. Pro- like, basically, they all have to bring in a stupid object and whoever wins, wins all of the stupid <laughs> objects. Like, it is it is pointless television and I love it so much. Okay. Oh,
3: it's it's incredibly addictive. Like, yeah, as Katie indicated, there's five of them and at the start of every episode. They have a theme around bringing in the best objects of a certain kind. So it can be like the object with the strangest story behind it. It can be uh, the weirdest drawing of you that's ever been done. It can be the rarest thing you have. And whoever kind of brings in the best one gets points. But then whoever wins the episode at the end gets to bring all of these random things home, which... Which are not uh,
2: items that you would want to win, by the way.
3: No. I think, you know, it, to yeah. be fair, I think one of them did win an entire kitchen set and <laughs> then, like, a uh, like one of those, like, tents that you can grow plants in. Some, But then also people have won, like, you know, a cat skeleton, their dad's garden gate. Like, a
2: spoon that Mike Wozniak whittled himself.
3: Yeah. Like... <laughs> Uh, an obscure recording, or like sometimes it'll be like, you know, objects that are blue. Like, you know,
2: yeah.
3: don't. Oh, actually, no. Back way in season two. Uh, the best dinner guest. <laughs> you get to go with the best dinner guest if you win. <laughs> and it included like one of the contestants' sister, a Labrador, uh, like a cutout of someone. <laughs> like, you know, it's just.
2: It seems
3: very structured until you, and then, but it's also each comedian puts their personality into it. It
2: is pointless television. Okay, this does sound wonderful. Did you say it
3: was on Netflix?
2: No, it's on on all four,
0: Mm.
2: which you can download Um, for free.
0: Yeah. Yeah. and I'm actually, I'm realizing I, I have I have no right to judge people uh, watching their reality TV show because I stayed up until four in the morning the day Netflix uploaded. It's called Blown Away, but it essentially is Netflix. It is essentially America's best glassblower.
2: Oh, I've heard about that. I heard it's not it, that great, though.
0: It wasn't, but I watched all of it. <laughs> I just I, For some reason, I was just in a mood that evening. And I just I was transfixed because Can't take us like, on a journey. I like I don't even know how much like because again like it's not good television. <laughs> it's, it is literally it's just a glass blowing competition.
2: I um, love those this? competition kind of um, shows
0: though. And the thing is like it it starts I think with like it was eight or ten people, and like the first few people that got cut were really chill and were the re- like the nicest people, and we're like oh man you know. It is what it is. That's you know. That's the competition. Bye, guys, and everyone's having. So, like, by the time you get like to the last three, it's all these very intense people who really like glass blowing. It is not a game to these people.
2: It's like it makes it makes a difference, though. That sounds quite nice because I've been watching a lot of Ink Master lately, and those people are just horrible. Like tattoo artists. If you only have experience of tattoo artists from that show they just seem really horrible because they're just always screaming at each other. And it's like, this is a comp- an art competition. You know, why are you all screaming at each other?
0: Because they all want to be Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> you know, you want a Gordon Ramsay that draws on you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just awful though. Yeah, no, this glass thing sounds kind of slightly I, wholesome.
0: Like if you want something just <laughs> literally, if you want just noise in the background, I, I think it was called Blown Away. I think I
3: will look it's, in into a, it's that. on Netflix. Noise uh, in the background is definitely the title of this episode on Spotify.
2: Has, has <laughs> anybody watched Forged in Fire?
0: No, I've heard no. about that one, though. That's, so that's, it's, that's Yeah, it's a forging. Uh, it's the, yeah, it's the blacksmith yeah. one.
2: But they have this guy who's like a master blacksmith and he does kill tests. With so any weapons that they make, he'll hit. He, they'll give him like a pig carcass or something, and he's like swinging a sword into it, you know. But he always does this thing, and like you just you wait for him. It's kind of like say the line, say the line, because he always goes, "It will kill," and it's like yeah, he said the line. And like I literally watch compilations of him just saying, "It will kill,"
0: <laughs>
3: so good.
0: God damn! God damn! Okay.
3: Well then since we're sticking with a the theme have you guys <laughs> watched the great british sewing bee
2: Yes I saw I saw the finale of it the other day I didn't I haven't seen all of it it's but it's I saw on the...
3: currently as we're oh, well, recording this
2: Not the finale what was it the one the one where they Order did Saturday finale? night fever or showgirls right. or whatever it was I don't know why I said finale I got excited it's
3: okay it's a very you know what uh, it was I a quarter final. that's what it was please it was a- please explain the great british sewing bee to us mannequin blue
2: <laughs> well i mean i've only seen one episode but it's basically all of those shows that we've been talking about but for sewing <laughs>
3: <laughs> well let's let's go into a bit more detail it's it's for me and stevie it's helping us with our cosplay drought as it were. Ooh, because nice. like it's basically what it sounds like. It's 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 your fix if you miss the great British bake off. It's
2: and the professional bake off isn't as good. Yeah. I think yeah. that's running now and I watched one episode and I went, This isn't fun. Like where's all the fun?
3: <laughs> this isn't the great British one, is it? Or
2: yeah, but it's the professionals. So it, it's oh, I like not... those ones
3: though. You invest in characters like
2: well, I've only seen like part of one episode, so it's like I like the I like the one with um, what's his name? Paul and Prue. I like those ones. Right. The professional one is like completely different judges. It's like a French guy and a Chinese woman. And, you know, they're fine, but they're very, very cruel.
3: In that case, I think we must be watching two very different shows because I watched the one with Sandy Toxvig and like, you know,
2: that's that's the amateur one
3: oh my god how many tiers no pun intended are there to this baking
2: yeah so apparently there's what i learned last week is that there's there's one that's actually called the professional bake off and it's people it's they come in in teams from what i've seen anyway is that it's it's in pairs and these people actually run bakeries and they have to come in and impress these two really um they're just, like, really harsh, critical judges who will tell them every single thing is wrong. Like, they, if they have to make a cake of a certain size, this woman will come in with a ruler and, like, measure the cake to make sure it's the right size. And, yeah, it's it's really tough watch.
3: It's... Well, then, you and I must be watching very different shows <laughs> because the what's funny is, like, around the time that me and my fiance started going out, she introduced me to this, and I introduced her to The Apprentice, the UK one. Mm. Uh, and... The thing about the, U- the UK Apprentice is that most of the characters are reprehensible because <laughs> that is what people in business are like on TV.
2: Yeah. Uh,
3: and when they go, like you're kind of like, good riddance or okay, fair enough. The Great British Breakoff, off everyone's incredibly nice. Yeah. And you want none of them to go, which makes yeah. it agonizing. The more supportive they are of each other, you're just like, ah! Be slightly you- less nice to each other to make it like easier on me, and it just they never give way.
2: You know two- what? I actually quite enjoyed in the same vein as well mm-hmm. when it was on the celebrity bake off. I thought that was really wholesome.
3: That's the, that'd be the brand, then yeah. That's the I've seen the Dairy Girls one, uh, as well. Like, you know, it's just, <laughs> I,
0: have, I, I have seen clips of the Dairy Girls bake off and the, the the actors played the nun just could not keep it together the entire time it's so funny
3: <laughs> yeah so i mean not to to kind of put a bow on this as we've sort of gone down a rabbit hole there does seem to be a greater appetite for like wholesome reality shows that aren't about conflict and that bring people together like even with taskmasters series, they're still 2 meters apart
1: mm-hmm. but
3: as opposed to, like, the Bo Burnham example, there does seem to be this want of just, like, celebrations of nice things and
2: escape. And, and all just kind si- of... silly content. Yeah. And that could actually... be... Saying...
3: Go on, Kev.
0: No, sorry. I As we were kind of wrapping this up, I, I didn't want to cut across you, but I also just remembered that there is actual news as well. To
3: have what? To...
2: Relevant content. Relevant, Relevant content. content. <laughs>
0: <laughs> because sorry because I, I like i i loved listening to you guys but i also just wanted to like scroll twitter for a little bit idly, <laughs> and i just remembered that netflix are actually currently in the middle of doing their geeked week uh live streams have you do you guys know anything about this mm-hmm. no essentially netflix are doing their own basically their own comic-con thing at the moment So it's a lot of kind of homegrown, like it's a lot. So a lot of like announcements for like a lot of the kind of the, the more nerdy Netflix series. Right. Hey, Uh, Netflix.
2: Hey, 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 Netflix. (laughs) Uh, We do nerdy uh, content.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Hit us up. (laughs) Um, And so like it started on Monday. I think still stuff's still going through on Friday. Uh, but so far, there have been some some minor announcements. Like it, I think it's like a lot of it. I haven't actually watched any of it myself. I'll only be catching the announcements, but it's a lot of uh, live streams of like kind of casts doing kind of playing games, doing doing table reads, just like that. And then some kind of announcements coming out about shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the big announcements that have come out from it. So, Shadow and Bone got an answer for its second season Woo! Uh, in No Duh News. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, like they, I think they just had to wait until they had an event on because everyone knew this was getting a second season because it is stellar and needs it. Um The other big piece of news, they announced still no date on Umbrella Academy Season 3, but they've put out the episode titles. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else have we got? The awesome news that I am delighted about is, do you guys... I, I don't know if you guys knew about this. Netflix are doing a live action Cowboy Bebop adaptation. Okay, I want, yeah, I thought that was wrong about it's. It's been I think like it. It got late. It got hit with a lot of setbacks. COVID being one of them, uh, and also I think the because the lead, the guy playing Spike is uh, John Cho from Star Trek and Harold Gumar. Mm. Uh he got injured on set as well, so that pushed the production back months. But apparently, it's coming out later this year. But the big news is that they've got Yoko Kano doing the soundtrack to this as well. She was the original composer to the to to the original anime series.
3: Oh, nice. I thought they were just going to use the score again. Okay. No,
0: and me. she's doing and she's doing original music. So they might use some stuff, but like she's doing a whole OST as well.
2: And there, there'll probably be some remastered.
0: Probably, which so truly it doesn't matter if the show is good or not, we're at least going to get it. A jam. Deli-
3: an, an absolutely stellar <laughs> album <air> out <to> of this. <laughs> I'm very excited for that. I, You know what, actually, do you want to tell us about Shadow and Bone? Because that's something we actually haven't covered on the show yet, and everyone keeps talking about it. Shadow and Bone is...
0: Fa- okay. Where do I start? Shadow and Bone is... So it's a Netflix uh, fantasy series based off a YA novel series. um, And it's very... I don't want to just get into a plot synopsis because that's just going to throw a lot of word at you that mean nothing, <laughs> like "dartling" and "fold" and a lot of Russian words. It's kind of a, it's based in a very kind of uh, fantasy Russia, but the whole the basic thing is that there is a giant dark shroud separating this continent, um, and a lot of the population, very avatar, have the powers to manipulate some elements. Some people can manipulate fire. Some people can manipulate wind, very avatar, very right. bending. And, um, and the whole story follows. um a girl who it turns out is a sun summoner who can summon light and the sun and heat. And essentially prophecy in show goes that the sun summoner can tear down the dark fold and, rejoin the land again very very avatar but it does so like i'm trying to think of where to start with just kind of well what then I just love about while you're series, getting because your thoughts it is
3: together,
0: like I... there's a, so much i love this that's the same
3: well i want to give a shout out to to local talent as it were danielle Gallagher, who plays nina Zenikinish. in it i've met her a few times because she's from that lear alumni crowd She's fantastic. And it's great. It's always great to see kind of Irish actors breaking into these big, big franchises. Because like, you know, uh, quite often it's a lot of the same faces, even in Netflix type things, which, you know, encompasses the world. So I want to give a shout out to an Irish person succeeding there, you know.
0: And she's greatness. I think actually it's a lot of new faces. I like most of the cast I don't recognize. And they're all absolutely stellar
3: uh the standout though of course is uh ben barnes (laughs) uh yeah he was the the only one i knew he's the prince caspian guy isn't he he was prince caspian in the narnia Mm. movie which is way better than i remembered
0: it being we watched that recently enough um but yeah so he plays the uh the the general kerrigan the black general of the uh the army who controls darkness and it's so rad (laughs) it's but yeah. Like the show, it, it does a great, I'm really stuck on how actually to appraise it well, because okay. there's so well, many can't... moving parts in it and like, okay, the one thing that, the, the things that really jump out of me uh, is the representation across the board is stellar in terms of racial diversity in the cast, queer, di- uh, queer relationships in the show and uh, disabled diversity and, uh, disabled representation one of the main characters has a leg injury and it truly doesn't impede him and it's just stellar to see loads of stuff like that just well done in the show um and just like i i, I think like really i've got to say like if, if you have any interest in fantasy uh like to be honest like kind of fantasy from game of thrones to avatar the last airbender che- absolutely check it out it's
3: truly fantastic okay that's fantastic that that's brilliant list. is it is it like I mean I know obviously Game of Thrones kind of he kind of burnt out at the end but <laughs> is it that good on a kind of early Game of Thrones level like uh I
0: slightly different because it doesn't like it's not you know it's not quite as adult as Game of Thrones mm. but uh yeah I yeah like I'd say about that yeah uh, yeah I think I think in in rambling terms yes <laughs> like okay Like that first season is so engaging and living with somebody who has now read all of the books. Apparently, it is also an incredible adaptation because I I know very little, I haven't read them, they're on my list now. But are
2: they actually finished?
0: Yes, ish. Because she's one of these authors where there's the Shadow and Bone trilogy, uh, which is three books that are done, which is the kind of the core of what the series is based off of. But she's an author that is writing books in that universe and apparent yeah and apparently a lot of different details from all the other books are kind of folding in and expanding on each other
3: that's what i was gonna ask because i've read i read six of crows for a book club which i understand is not part of that trilogy but is in that universe Mm. and that was enjoyable i didn't actually know that was part of a franchise but it was just fantasy bank heist Love it. Like, you know, um, really so, original yeah. concept, like, you know, you so know. It's and, the... Sorry, you go ahead. No, no, no. I'm nearly done now. It's just you, you and I work in a bookshop, Kev. The YA genre has very specific tropes. And it was genuinely refreshing to see someone kind of in that field still writing appropriately to that style, but really go in full on Terry Pratchett levels of creative with all the things they were throwing concepts they were throwing in, you know?
0: yeah yeah like it's it's incredibly creative as i said it's like the way i'm describing it it sounds very derivative of of stuff like avatar it it stands well on its own i I'm, I'm using them as jumping off points to kind of compare to in terms of recommending but like it it truly stands on its own you don't think oh that's like that when you're watching it right Um but yeah just kind of yeah back with just kind of jumping back to to the books and that it's I, I'm really, I like the fact that it kind of, it is based, like it has the core of this trilogy that's already made, but going forward, there's so many different avenues that it can't, like, it doesn't have to just be three seasons, a season of book. It can expand from there and do like the six of crows, uh, King of Scars duology. and uh, just kind of, just kind of keep going and probably go, you know, off rails later on if it needs to, it, it, there's a, it seems like there's a lot of room to really jump on to, to, to go
3: off with it. It's, it's fantastic.
0: Like I, I can't recommend it enough.
3: Well then Props does like, you know, it's an original franchise. There's mm. not a lot of original franchises anymore. It's all kind of recreations or clones or all that kind of stuff. Like, you know. So it's uh yeah, actually I'm really thrilled to check it out now. I might do after we're done recording. Can I recommend one thing that will annoy Dara right before we wrap?
2: Please. Always.
3: Uh have you guys seen the Bad Batch yet? No.
2: Uh, is that the, the movie with Jason Momoa?
3: <laughs> no. Um, the Bad Batch is the most recent Star Wars series.
2: Okay, so there's two Bad Batches then, because the one I've seen was like Jason Momoa was a cannibal.
3: Oh, my God. You're going to have to tell us about that first. <laughs> We're going to put a pin in
2: that. <laughs> you, know, you, you do yours.
3: Uh, you, we'll circle back around. No. Don't you dare not tell us about that. No no, How I just, just I just need to words, I need to actually Jason double check Momoa cannibal on the table I, and expect I, anything
2: <laughs> I say to hold anyone's interest. No 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 no, no, no. I just, no. I just no, no, need no. to check that it's actually a thing because I've been wrong about things in the past. No, no, so you no, do we, your we, thing we, and we'll circle we, back to it.
3: We we get Dara's goat first, then we go to this. <laughs> oh my god, you've just torpedoed me in the Ooh. worst way possible. But Sorry, okay. I,
0: I uh, just actually small pin. Yeah. Uh, the, oh, sorry, I knew there was something else on this Netflix thing. They've also done a small behind the teeds teaser of uh,
3: their Sandman series that shows. Oh, yes. That looks... The cast of that's looking really good. Yeah.
0: Sorry, just I, I spotted that again there and I knew there was something. Well, else the actually,
3: let's segue into that because um, like, you know, we spent a lot of time talking about sewing in this episode. So um, the Neil Gaiman adaptations have been a tiny bit hit and miss. Like I mean, do you guys have particularly high hopes for this series or do you have any feelings about it in general?
0: I never read Sandman, actually. Really? Uh, you yeah. You whole no, people just, with your I haven't novels either. It never I, I it, it seems very dense to get into and trades are expensive. So unless I find it somewhere digitally, I probably won't jump onto it for a while. Or a I've a friend heard who
3: has them, you know.
0: Or a friend who has them. I'll, I'll we'll we'll
3: talk later <laughs>
0: um, well, um, okay um. i but like i i've heard about it and it sounds very like it sounds great like gaiman's writing is stellar and apparently sad man is like his magnus his magnum opus oh it is. um uh but yeah so like from what obviously like the the, the what they're showing off is very early development like they've only just announced the cast uh, but it's just kind of a lot of behind, like it's some behind the scenes on just some of the sets, which look to be a very practical heavy, which is always cool. Uh, and i just kind of talking about, and just kind of the cat and some little snippets from like the main cast, like the guy who's playing. Uh, Dream. The guy who's playing Dream. I can't remember his name. He's a young actor. Uh, and Gwendolyn Christie, who's playing Lucifer. Um just talking about how hey, they're such, they're just massive fans of the comic and just, you know, re- like, watch to be involved and really want this to be as good as it can. And just at least some of, like, the kind, con- and again, between all we got really shown was, like, the concept and then some of the sets, but, like, it looks like they're definitely putting a lot of effort into it, which I'm good, which I'm glad to see.
3: Well, that is true. I can, I'm, I must confess, I'm slightly nervous. I maybe I'm alone in this, but I was really let down by the. Prime Videos American Gods. That would that felt really, really shallow.
2: I saw parts and, of it and I I just couldn't get into it.
3: No? Were you a fan of the book or
2: well, no, I haven't. I, I can't say I've even read the book, but I just the show itself, I don't know, it just felt kind of forced. It
3: yeah, it's <coughs> not as well too much on it, but American Gods is a very for lack of a better word, subtle book. It's basically a road trip around America (laughs) where everywhere they stop, they uh, encounter some sort of forgotten god. And in the logic of the universe, if people stop believing in you, the god loses power. So there's a lot of kind of dense details. And the TV show was a bit big and obvious. It definitely had its good traits, like uh, your woman from the X-Files playing the, the embodiment of media like as David Bowie, one minute Marilyn Monroe, next, so that was great. <clears throat> but like, it felt also incredibly shallow and obvious. Like, you know, if the example I always go to is there's an opening segment about Vikings and someone steps off a boat into America mm-hmm. and gets killed, but he doesn't just get killed with an arrow. Every single inch of his body is covered <laughs> impossibly in arrows and he explodes into a river of blood and all that kind of stuff. It's like every, it's
1: like if you had a setting for violence and language and all that kind of stuff, everything was just set. All right, violent. guys, going to have to leave it there. Um, thanks very much for everyone who's listening on Phoenix 92.5 FM. We do appreciate it. Um, but if you want to get the rest of this show, go over to narrativenomedia.com. What are you waiting for? Go right now. narrativenomedia.com is where you can find the rest of the show. Countless shows. We have shows pretty much on everything. It's where you're going to find them first. Tons of wrestling shows, nerd shows, everything that you could possibly want is over on Nerd to Know Media right now. NerdToKnowMedia.com, of course, if you would rather the, the visual version, Nerd to know Media on YouTube. We're not hard to find at all. So we we'll see you next time here on Phoenix 92.5 FM. Check out the Wrestling Rewind here on Phoenix 92.5 FM every Tuesday at 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. And of course, over on NerdToKnowMedia.com, the only wrestling podcast by wrestling fans who don't hate wrestling. We'll see you then.
0: Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production.
1: Welcome to Overtime here on Nerd to Know Media.
3: River of blood and all that kind of stuff. It's like every it's like if you had a setting for violence and language and all kind of stuff, everything was just set to the loudest setting. And I, that made it really hard to engage with. Like
0: I have to counterpoint though, because okay. you say that that gaming adaptations are hit and miss. Off the top of my head, Coraline, True. Stardust, and Good Omens. Obviously, good omens, you could argue, is more Pratchett than gaming, but involved all three are incredible <laughs> like yeah, as, as standalones and tr- as adaptations. Uh, so like, I think there is promise for it. I obviously, I think I'm going into it obviously not having read it. Mm. So I don't have, I don't really have expectations. So just as long as it's not cheap and shallow, yeah. I probably will. I hope to enjoy it. I'm sure like, I'm sure there'll be people out there that will, that have, Oh, like almost overblown expectations because I know it is such a such a well-loved fran- uh, property. But I like it looks at least like obviously it's hard to say from marketing material but it looks like they're really putting the effort in because and it seems like they just kind of understand that there's a lot riding on this.
3: I'll give you the two examples that kind of countermand that uh, which were as I mentioned American Gods and and um... Have you heard of How to Talk to Girls at Parties? No. Oh. It's a short story of Neil Gaiman's that got adapted into a wonderful graphic novel by Fabio Moon. Then got talk, got adapted into a bizarre full-length feature film about aliens and eighties stuff. And all. I'm going to get the cast now, but it's just. It's I've never seen so many one-star reviews as I have with this one. And I just like, oh, my heart goes out to Neil Gaiman who like, you know, because like now and again, these projects will happen for something he wrote 20 years ago. And he'll have to kind of, you know, oh, isn't it wonderful? Da, 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 da. And then, sorry, it has Elle Fanning, uh, Nicole Kidman, R- Matt Lucas, like Really, really big cast, but just absolutely bizarre. And then the other kind of middle ground of those examples is there was a Neverwhere TV show before there was a book, which is bizarre because he was writing the book while he was writing the TV show. And according to him, um, they kept changing things and the director just said, all right, if you don't like it, do it differently in your book. And people remember the book, and people don't remember the TV show, even though it has Peter Capaldi in it. Uh, and I, it's a, if you're bored and on YouTube, it's mostly up there.
0: That sounds just strange. Like the, it just like it. It sounds like the bad ending to what happened with Akira. Like <laughs> uh, for, for for those of you that don't know. Uh, Akira, the, the critically acclaimed anime movie uh, and manga series by Katsuhiro Otomo, mm. landmark foundational title. Uh, he released, he, when he, after he released the first volume of Akira, which was also being published weekly, he got a movie adaptation and essentially developed the movie the same time he was writing the series. Right. And he like he was heavily involved in both. Like, obviously, he like he wrote and drew the entire manga on his own, but he was he, he was a main producer on the on the film. So the there are two series that essentially have, or two projects that have essentially the same plot that just take wildly different swings at it. Because he hadn't even finished the manga by the time the film finished, by the time the film wrapped. So like it's this kind of weird thing where the film influenced the manga, even though the manga had come first. Again, weird kind of stuff like that.
3: Uh, Well, you get that now and again, though? Like the Scott Pilgrim film went out before that series Hmm. finished and kind of has to, which is why two of the Xs kind of get merged into one and that kind of stuff. Or like, um, or just to kind of go by adaptations in Eason's, whatever the motto of Eason's is, uh, we are currently selling the Evangelion manga, and that was one that came after the TV show. But it has little luxuries like explaining things and filling in plot holes.
0: You know, you don't watch you don't watch Evangelion to get things explained to you. You watch I it did. to be sad and not know why.
2: I always understood it as mech suits and boobs. Yeah, yeah it's
3: but, sad as well, but also but they're <laughs> fourteen though. Yeah, but yeah, also but- the terrible realization
0: that nothing in, fi- nothing in life is fair. Also, you're a god and you just doom
3: the earth. It happens. Just to say you 25-odd episodes in a film. It's,
0: it's a Sunday. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right, that seems as good a time as any to segue. Jason Momoa, Cannibal. <laughs> Katie, I think I, I, I'm loosely timing this. You've got five minutes.
2: <laughs> okay, so yeah, so I haven't seen the entire movie. <laughs> But I've looked it up and it is a real movie and it's (laughs) called The Bad Batch. Right. And apparently, so I obviously Jason Momoa is like the leader of the cannibals, but the way they do it is they don't kill people to eat them. So what they do is they basically have these people like chained up in their compound and every so often they just come in and like lop off a leg or an arm, you know, and kind of Tourniquet the wound, and then they're like, "Okay, we'll be back later for the rest of you," kind of thing. Um, very casual, really, like that. Really bizarre, but apparently, apart from Jason Momoa, Keanu Reeves, and Jim Carrey are also in it, what? Um, what? and a bunch of other celebrities. Um, but it's gotten very terrible reviews. Even better. <laughs> so I think hear. I need to. Actually I don't sit want to film like this the whole thing good.
3: Are you kidding me?
2: Yeah, but it's yeah, so it's it's it is called the bad batch. Um so I didn't I didn't dream that. Um
0: hold on, was it only 2016?
2: Yeah, it was like 2016-2017. Post
3: Aquaman casting. Yeah, this is this is post John Wick Keanu. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm gonna say, I'm gonna take a leap of faith and say this has been sat on the shelf since 2011. And when one of them got famous, it suddenly got rushed out the door. Because there's no way you could get well, these people post-John Wick.
2: As far as I'm aware, Jim Carrey's character. Now I haven't seen the entire movie, but apparently I have seen his character, and you never even know it's him. Because he what? you don't you don't see his face. So he's he's basically this guy who out of nowhere, he's like so one of the girls who was captured by the cannibals somehow, and they took her arm and her leg. And then she escapes on a skateboard on her back, like lying on her back on a skateboard and somehow rolls herself out of the compound. And then Jim Carrey finds her and puts her in a trolley and like wheels her to another place. And are you
3: sure this exists?
2: This is a real, it's on Netflix. I,
0: I, I, I would like to point out that looking it up for myself, the first listing on Google is not all the details of the movie. It is in fact a shop link to buy a pop culture graphic poster of the movie. Um, so with that, uh, this has been Nerd to Know Basis. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Are you kidding? Are we out of time? Where I think we're of time. <laughs> well, sugar, now I can't review the Bad Batch, the proper one. Well, no. we should,
2: we, we, we'll have to do a screening of both, I think, and compare... <laughs> <laughs> oh no, yeah this,
3: No, no. this is this is
0: exactly for Dara we almost get to Star Wars and then we talk carnivals this, Dara
3: this goes out to you enjoy the edit um,
0: oh, so my God. I, I'm that, hearing
3: this why did no clear. one ring the at 5 bell when we started talking about hacking limbs off Kian where can people find you <laughs> hiding under my windowsill apparently and that's all I'll say for this week and Katie, have you anything to plug for the good people?
2: <laughs> um, so doing it for the exposure is still on hiatus at the moment, you know, which is understandable seeing as I'm in Carlingford. Bad. But I am still working away on lots of goodies for Acutely Morbid and for New Wolf Studios. So check us out on Instagram and buy lots of stuff, please. And thank you.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Well, listen, this has been Nerds No Basis. And we will see you all next week. Bye, Bye. beware of
3: Jason Momoa eating you. Bye. Constant danger. Constant danger. Constant danger. Watch Taskmaster. master. Bye.